This is Sin Sage, and you are listening to Tanya Tate Presents MILFs Making Money. This is Tanya Tate. MILFs Making Money. to all you wonderful people who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate and this is Mills Making Money. On today's show, how can you be a winner? And I'm being interviewed by Alexander Monstar Raymond and will be sharing my experiences of casting for a mainstream movie. Besides being a model, what other offshoot opportunities should you be looking out for? So it's happened to me again. Instagram took my account off me. Now, I'm going to tell you, I didn't do anything wrong. Now, I know a lot of people say that about their Instagram. I didn't do anything wrong. And I I see a lot of Instagrams. I see them and I think to myself, wow, how are they getting away with that? But I think, you know, you get targeted. My name, Tanya Tate, I'm a target. And there are a lot of people that don't like people to either be successful, they don't like the job that you do, there's a lot of religious and political sides that are trying to push against people like myself, which is kind of unfair. However, how did I deal with it? Let's go back. My account quite a while ago was a verified account and I had almost 3 million followers and it went overnight. And I can remember how sick I felt, my stomach churned, and it was quite traumatic. And eventually I was like, you know what, I tried everything to get the account back, and I didn't get it back. Okay, so you move on, I made a new account, Tanya Tate XO, that's my new Instagram account. If you go and look, they'll hide it between all the fakes, all the fakes will come up the top, and then you'll have to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and suddenly you'll find me near the bottom. But I'm telling you, it's Tanya Tate XL. And suddenly it went offline. And I get the message, you've been taken offline for breaking the community guidelines. And the reference was to do with sexual activity. Now I know quite well, my Instagram is so mild. It's like, people will probably be like, why has she even got an Instagram? I've got an Instagram because I want to keep it up there so you can see it's me, so I can go live, so I can put up reels. So, you know, you're getting to see me on Instagram. But it's really difficult to try and divert the traffic, to try and take the traffic to the places that I really want them to see, all the better pictures and the videos and the stuff that, let's be honest, people that have followed me, they don't always want to see the mild PG stuff. So it's trying to get that traffic and keep it flowing in the right places. Now on Instagram, they're really strict and you can't 
redirect your traffic. Someone like me, if I redirect my traffic, they class that as solicitation. Although I see many people on Instagram promoting, this is my OnlyFans. You're really not allowed to do that. But hey, you know, I guess when you get targeted, you get targeted. But you know what? How did I deal with it this time? How did I focus? You've got people that suddenly telling you and I'm like, oh, okay. So now I realize I'm offline. And then I just went, you know what? What do I do to get back online? Let's look at the solution. How did I deal with it? I focused, I thought of a solution. I clicked back in and I appeal. It says, if you think this decision's wrong, click here. So I clicked there. Okay. And that was it. And I said, you know what? It's going to come back. I know my account is really clean. I There's nothing innuendo. There's nothing even talking about any other platforms. I'm not sending me traffic anywhere. It's like, hey, good morning. Here's me. Like, it's literally that. So, so I knew it was going to come back. It was just going to take time. So this time when people kind of come to me, I said, oh, yeah, I know. And change the subject. Or just ignored the continued conversation because you know something's gone wrong and something's happened and you're already working on a solution do you really want people talking about it and oh oh this oh i can't believe they did this to you and it like sometimes you get caught up in that you don't want to be dragged down in all the negativity you want to use that time to focus on something else so did i let it overwhelm me no did i know that it was going to come through the other side yes and you know what? The next day I woke up and the page looked slightly different. And I'm like, this I don't know if they've given me my account back or they've taken it further offline. So there was another part where you can go, I found another part to appeal and I put a, a big statement together and I forwarded it with the appeal. And at the same time, a friend had, had asked me, you know, I woke up and the friend had asked me, you know, well, how are you today? And they said, they placed in my mind that today, the plan was to win. And I thought, I like that plan. The plan is to win. Well, later that day, I got a message telling me my Instagram is back online. I was like, yes, yes, it's back. Thank you. That was the plan. I was going to win today. I like it that sometimes I listen to things and things just subconsciously come to me or consciously, you know, things get presented to me, ideas, which is why I love doing this podcast, because it's like me passing on those messages. And it was, it was like today, I'm going to win. I got my Instagram account back, I jumped online and a post unexpectedly appeared on my feed and it was from John Gordon. I think his Instagram handle is John Gordon 11. And it said exactly this, expect to win today. Champions expect success. Their positive beliefs often lead to positive actions and outcomes. They win in their mind first. And he thought that is exactly what I needed. It was a reiteration of today is a day of winning. And when you think about it, every day for you can be a day of winning. It's all about your beliefs. Life is full of victories and failures. You know, that is part and parcel of life. 
and some days are going to be ups and downs. You know, some activities are going to bring us victory while others might not bear any such fruit. But I'm going to tell you, we should not lose hope. We should not give up. It's the persistence and the determination that can bring you the outcome that you desire. However, you've got to believe in yourself as a winner. That belief can take you to the top. When you see yourself there in that winning position, that's where you know you're going to be aiming towards. That's when you know you're going to be get to the top. And when you get there, it's important to stay grounded. You know, I got my Instagram account back, perseverance, determination. I was determined it was going to come back. And then I'm there. I've got the account back. I cleaned it up a bit. I took anything where off. I deleted stuff where I was like, hmm, could that be yes or no? And because I took the time to think, I just went delete. Cleaned it up even more, even though it was really clean. Staying grounded, it's staying there, it's staying, you know, you've got to where you want to be. Now it's the continued performance. Don't get to the top and be all big-headed. Just keep your feet on the ground. So can you think of a time when you were a winner? I mean, it, it really doesn't have to mean that you come in first. It's not like, you know, think of like a racing driver and and there he is, he gets in his racing car and he, he, he's got the finishing line and he has to beat everyone else. He has to be there first. But sometimes winning is just about achieving something. You know, winning means that you're doing better than you've ever done before. You know, are you that race car driver that's that's the first big race that you've ever been in? You're probably not going to win it. But you know what? You're going to get through that line. You're going to get a good placement. That in itself is winning. You was in that competition. You got over that line. Winning means ending the day and reflecting, you know, today, did you do your best? Did you feel like you've achieved something really positive from living your day? Did your actions, your activities, your thoughts result in positive outcomes? There's so many things in our life, you know, where we can think, yeah, that was it. That was something that I really focused on. I really was determined to make that happen. The actions that you talk, the positivity, you're seeing yourself there as a winner in your mind. And you got there. I've done it. And I know that you can do it. Let's just think about like, a, for me, something that was a really massive journey in my life, IVF. And I can remember, I did so many of it. If any of you know my IVF journey, the fertility treatments and the journey that I took to have my beautiful, amazing son, Ozzy. It was a roller coaster. It really was. But I'm telling you, I got, I got right to the, the very end. I, the eggs were there, they were embryos, they were on ice, they'd been checked, tested, everything was perfect in the lab. I was working with the doctors to get my body ready, to really basically lower my immune system 
and get my body prepared for it's a it's it's a foreign object that comes into your body and your body has to accept it so there's a lot of preparation involved in getting the body physically ready mentally ready i had a plan of action i was doing everything diet eating drinking room temperature food I changed everything. I was unorganic, certain things I wouldn't take. I was meditating. It was positivity. It was reiteration of positive confirmations. It was visualization. It was speaking out to whoever would listen to me. And it was me picturing myself with the baby, with an amazing baby. And it was that sheer determination. And I said, you know what? This is it. It's extremely difficult to keep going through a cycle of fertility treatment. You know, for those that don't know, it's it's a lot of hormones. It messes with your hormones. It messes with your body. You have to be very strong-minded and you have to go through a form of grief each time that it doesn't work. So I was like, this time, I know it's going to happen. I put everything into it, everything I could. I focused, meditated on the day. I've got the lady ready to do the acupuncture before, the after, the plan. We're going to get my body to accept and implant. And I've got to tell you, all that positive thinking, knowing today I'm going to win, I wasn't a quitter. I knew if I did all that groundwork, I could make it happen. And that day, I did better than I ever did. My body accepted the five-day-old embryo, implanted and grew into my amazing Aussie. See? It is. It's about knowing that you can be a winner. I've got to say there were other times and I went through the treatments and I was just like, this has not worked before I'd even give it a chance. That last time I was like, I'm going to win. This is it. I was adamant. I mean, let's talk about Ozzy. He's a child. You know, we're all different. We all have different types of winning. And I watched him in one of his karate classes the other day. And, you know, they've got one of those long noodles. It's one of those floaties like a long tube that you get on the pool and so the teacher he's like you know you have to focus as, as all the kids have to focus and they have to stand there and when the noodle comes up over your head you've got to duck so it's a lot of focus concentration you've got to get your stance right you know and he can be talking to you and he can bop the kid on the on the head you know further down the line and it's very difficult for him to focus but this guy, he was like, he's concentrating, he's he's desiring, he wants to be that last kid standing. And, you know, he goes down the line, everyone ends up sitting down, sitting down, sitting down. And then suddenly it's like Ozzy and one of the other kids. So he's like, okay, come to the front. So they're there. And I could see that determination and that desire on his face. And he almost got first place. And then he got bopped and he was out. So he was asked to sit down 
you know he walked away his soul shoulders are slumped he got sad he's sold he's sitting down and i just wanted to go up to him in the middle of class and say it's okay just give him a big hug you know winning doesn't always mean coming first winning means you're doing better than you've ever done before you know so i wanted to teach him to say you know say to the other person good game you don't have to be that first person to be the winner. It really was a good game for him. He's focused on his determination and it meant he was successful. He really did do better than any of the other days. But you know, he's a child and he's still learning from experiences that show you that although you may not come first in the race every time, you can still enjoy the activities and achieve success. Even as adults, it's the same for us all. You know, Ozzy has that desire to participate in the game and the want to win. And he's seen himself winning in his mind. He's there, he's focusing. And this is him wanting to achieve the results. He's on the road to success. You know, I'll bet there's a few little bumps. But he won that day. He didn't come first, but he still won because he did better than any other day. I hope you're still thinking about winning when I'm talking about this. I know that you are a winner. If you'd have asked me, like, when I was a kid, what did I want to be? I have to say, I always wanted to be a pop star. <laughs> I'd stand there with the hairbrush, watching myself in the, the glass cabinet in the living room, with Top of the Pops on, on a Sunday afternoon on Radio 1 in the UK, and I'd be dancing around and I'd sing all the songs and they were all in the 80s, all the 80s songs. I knew them all. I was a proper like little pop song kid. I loved it. Might not have really been able to sing the best, but I loved singing and dancing. And then 15 years ago, if you'd asked me where I want to be. Okay, so maybe I might have said walking red carpets with flashing camera lights in the US. Sometimes, you know, do you ever do this? This is what I do. I Sometimes I'll hear songs either subconsciously, either I'll suddenly start thinking of a song in my head and I'll start singing it. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that song. Or I'll hear it, you know, hear things on the radio, hear things on the television. Suddenly like a random song pops up on YouTube or I'm listening to, I have a, a, an Alexa, an Amazon Alexa, Echo Box, whatever you want to call it. And suddenly, you know, you might not pick that song and suddenly it comes on. I I do listen to a lot of songs and sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that, that's me right now. Well, that's, that's the message that I need to tell myself. I can just remember that song from Pussycat Dolls, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a star. And I used to think that a lot when it, it came out. Some of the words in that Pussycat's doll song is a little bit obnoxious and it's not really me but some of the songs I was like I pick out the lines and sometimes I just think them and I'd be like yeah that's me and here I am now all those years later like living in the US and I have been walking red carpets and winning on awards you know there's a lot of awards that I've been to and some of the you know some of you may have met me at some of the award shows or the fan shows 
And it's just an amazing experience to, to get to meet you and to get to see you all. But it's even more amazing, like, looking back, it's like, how did I get to be a winner? 12-time Mill for the Year award. I've got physically 12 awards for it. Sometimes I'd double up in a year, there'd be different award shows. And I've got other nominations for MILFs. And I've got other awards. There are a lot of nominations that I've received. You know, how did I become featured in many adult movies? It's just like thinking back to when I watched an X-rated movie when I was younger. And then suddenly it's like to be that person in that movie. I've got there. You know, how did I get then to direct movies? To become a casting director? To be sitting here on this podcast? Talking to you all? After having a seven-year weekly program on Sirius XM on Vivid Radio? You know, we all have barriers. And I definitely see those barriers too in myself. I'm not all positive sometimes. The negative Nancy comes out and I have to like kick myself and be like, nope, stop that. Let me tell you, perseverance, determination and a belief that will make it happen. The belief that today you say to yourself, I am a winner. So ask yourself, are you a winner today? Do you see yourself as doing the best that you've ever done? Do you see yourself achieving? If you can pick yourself up after a defeat, you can go on to win. You are going to be that champion. Expect to win today. Coming up next on MILF's Making Money, I am being interviewed by Alexander von Star Raymond and will be sharing my experiences of casting for a mainstream movie. Besides being a model, what other offshoot opportunities should you be looking out for? You are listening to Tiny Tate Presents MILF's Making Money Podcast. I am Alexander Monstar Raymond, and we are discussing offshoot opportunities. You're a content creator, model, and while you are always looking and listening for ways to level up your loot, on that end, let's talk about taking advantage of opportunities outside of your goals. I have with me on today, 12-time MILF of the Year Award winner and top MILF model, your host, Tanya Tate. Welcome, Tanya, to the interviewee chair of the Mills Making Money podcast. Hey, it like it's so different for me to be this side. Normally, it's me with all my questions ready to ask someone. So it's different to feel like the spotlight's on me today. Well, I thought we'd do something a little bit different for this episode because you could talk about this endeavor that you've undertaken, but I thought it'd be a little bit interesting to pose it in former questions in case there are things you might for, have forgotten or you might overlook, I could pick up and bring it to attention because I'm sure a lot of people will have different questions about different things. So what we're talking about is you have been hired to cast a movie 
Now, this isn't the first time you've cast a movie, but it is something different that you're not used to doing. You, When you first started your career in content creation or adult entertainment, I don't think that was ever a goal of yours. Was directing? When I first started my career, all I really thought about was being in the movie, being that the star of the movie, if you like, the star of the scene, one of the actors, actresses that are in the scene, the camera is going to be on me. I never thought that, I never looked further forward than me being one side of the camera until the opportunity was kind of given to me to be like, hey, we want you to kind of be part of the casting, part of the directing. And it was given to me as an opportunity on a plate. Well, I think that is the feeling for a lot of content creators and models and performers is that they're focused generally on performing in front of the camera and not really being too much aware of the other opportunities, the offshoot opportunities that are available to them. And that's kind of like what we're going to be discussing today. Casting is not something you're primarily known for, but you've been doing it for some time. How did you come about this job? So I've got the casting that I'm doing right now, which is for the mainstream movie. But if we step further back, I also directed originally quite a few years ago for Philly Films. So I can talk about both opportunities. Well, let's start with, with your Philly Films. Like the first time, first opportunity you had as a casting director or casting person or agent, whatever you want. You said it was with Philly Films and with your own movie you were pretty much just thrust into that role, correct? Yeah, it was given to me. It was offered by Philly Films, Dion at Philly Films. And he brought me into the office and he said, you know, I, I want you to make a movie for me. Well, I didn't have a clue. I was like, okay, well, you're going to have to help me. What do I need to do? So part of that role was literally getting everything together from casting the talent, from coming up with the scripts, from planning the day, from booking the makeup, the camera guy, the location. It was a whole parcel of everything that I had to do. So for that, I was really thrust in. So essentially, someone could say you were producing it as well. You are directing, producing, casting, starring, and doing all these... Because it was a small budget film. Yeah. So you had to undertake all these different tasks... What is the process like for casting an adult movie? The first thing that I had to do for casting an adult movie was to figure out, well, what what is the aim of the movie? What is the synopsis of the movie? And work forward from there. You know, how many scenes were in it? How many talents? Was How many talent were in each scene? Was it two, two people? Was the three people? Um, what kind of synopsis what's the story going to be and so from there I had to kind of you know build it up so for me it was like a MILF and a younger woman someone in the like say early 20s so it was kind of first of all figuring out well what kind of type of person do I want in the movie so I had like a broad idea and then then you've got to start casting so then you've got to start reaching out um to the agent's to see who they've got on their books that might fit that role that you're looking for. Searching for people online, people would come and 
hit me up independently you know some people that don't have agents or some people that are more proactive that see that I'm I'm shooting a movie and they're like hey Tanya I would really like to be in that movie so it was all from different angles to try and find out well who are the who are the cast who do I need and then once you find out who's available it's kind of whittling it down to try and find the right look you know well this girl can be with this girl that chemistry is what I want for that scene so it was literally going through step by step to try and find out who you want, and then getting them all booked in. Right, calling the agent or talking to them directly, booking booking their dates out, whatever. You know, it's funny, is looking back on some of your movies, you pretty much had all the top MILFs in your movie at one at any some time. You have Kendra Lust, uh, you had Alexis Fox, Sherry DeVille. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's amazing to look back and say all those women went on to be like mega award-winning Julia Ann. Julia Ann, yeah. Mega award-winning performers. It's 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 crazy. And not only here in in the U.S. and England as well. You've also worked with some of the top talent over there, booking them. Um, well, you've obviously been cast in movies before because you've done your own thing as a model and as a performer. Did any of those experiences affect how you cast a project? For me, knowing that. If you are the director, you're the casting agent, you're the person that's putting together the production. When somebody's asking your availability, when someone's saying, I need to know this information, you really got to communicate. You know, you can't be dragging your heels and think, oh, well, I'll get back to them. Because it's quite a big production. You know, you've got to make sure, well, if this girl has not got that or she's not available then or there's a problem getting to set at that time, then you've got to make adjustments. So as a as somebody who's being booked and now I'm doing it the other way around, doing the booking, I could see, you know, you've really got to move fast. You've got to make sure that you're given the answers to the questions that you're being asked. If you're the talent and you're being booked and you're told, you know, we need to check if you've got this wardrobe. We need to check, can you be available at this time? Um, you know, as a talent, you've got to be there. You've got to keep moving forward. Well, talk about what you learned about casting for your movies. Did you ever take a chance on someone and they surprised you with the results or did you have you cast someone and it just didn't work out the way you envisioned? I mean, for me, I I had a fan, a girl. Um, That's right. Jasmine Summers. Right. And she come to me as a fan, and she was really cute. Little tiny thing. And she said to me, I really want to be in one of your movies. And, you know, this, is, this was a production. This was a movie that was going to go out. It wasn't just something that, you know, it's going to go on my website. It's going to go on my OnlyFans. It wasn't something that, hey, this is an amateur girl, and if she messes up... Hey, don't matter because that's the nature of the scene. She's an amateur girl, brand new, never did a movie in her life. But suddenly now I'm putting her in a position where she's being paid. She's not being tested for, you know, there wasn't like a casting couch. It was just like, hey, turn up and right. get stuck in. So um, she turned up and once the scene started, you know, this girl, it felt like she had been on camera. She knew what she was doing. She was doing poses, she was getting in the positions, she was, you know, there's a certain way that you've got to move for the camera, you can't like 
cover it all up you've kind of got to adjust your body so you're kind of opening up to the camera which can sometimes feel really unnatural but this girl jasmine summers she she got it great and she was brand new and she was nervous but you know what it was a, it was an amazing scene especially for her first scene i think she had the benefit of watching your movies to kind of like mimic and learn you know some of the some of the some of those poses but any one that just didn't work out for you you don't have to name names specifically, <laughs> but just like experiences where you thought, okay, I'm putting these two people together or I'm booking the scene with me and another person and either the chemistry wasn't there or it just didn't merge the way you thought it would. Yeah, the, I mean, there have been scenes like that, you know, where the girl, she's supposed to be really into girls and she's supposed to be given this amazing scene and she turned up and literally it was like she had wet hands you know wet fish hands or something because like sweaty or no i don't mean like sweaty i just mean like imagine like a fish trying to be a human imagine the hands just like oh just she like... wouldn't even put her hands on the girl properly she was just like like a wet lettuce right. like there was no energy in her there was no performance she didn't want to you know interact with the other girl and it was a really difficult scene to shoot because she didn't want to be there. Wow. And the other girl that I put her with was really into girls and she she literally had to carry the scene. And it was really kind of disappointing. And I was trying to get the best out of her that I could. I remember the particular camera person just, they were just getting sharp and they, they were getting really agitated. I had to turn around and I had to say, like, we got to get the best out of this girl, you know. Right. Stop stop giving whatever you bad vibes and negative vibes you're giving to her we want to try and make it as positive as we can get her through and then that was it she she was uh, there was no way i was going to shoot her again it's crazy that she actually took the scene if she apparently just wasn't into girls i don't know what is a red flag during your casting process is there was it did you were able to take something from that and go well that's not the type of person I want to book again, or was it just is you just couldn't see it coming and didn't... see. Here's the thing: sometimes you rely on the agents, and the agents want to get paid. Yeah, so they'll they'll shove a girl or yeah. performer into anything. Yeah, so they'll shove someone in there. It doesn't matter, you know. I some of my um, synopsis were like, you know, it was like a pretend to be a family kind of movie. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was like a pretense thing. It was part of the scenario. And some people will come to set and they're like, I'm not okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that was specifically, it's, that's the specific type of movie that you're being booked for. And it went on the email to the agent to be like, hey, this movie is about this. The performer must be okay with this. So you give as much information as you can. And then you realize the person comes to set and the agent doesn't relay all the information or they're just sending someone because they want to get paid. They want to get the agent's fee from being from booking the talent for the scene. And the talent also has to pay a commission. The agent just wants to be paid. Right. But that, that's an adult where the agents double dip. In mainstream, that's illegal to do. They can't double dip. But in adult, it's it's the wild, wild west when it comes to agents. And that's why, you know, predominantly, I would don't like to deal with agents at all. But... That's another story. Yeah, well, you've got two sides of things there with the agents. With the agents, you know that you know they're going to be there pushing the girl to get to the scene to make them make sure they turn off for work, basically, because right. they don't turn off for work, they don't get paid. 
Um, whereas with an independent, sometimes it's like, are they going to turn up? Are they not going to turn up? I mean, I've booked both. Right. Some girls actually do need agents to have them to to make sure that they show up at places. Where, I mean, and I, and I downplay agents, but there are some good ones out there. I do want to say that. But we're not talking about agents today. We're talking about... Uh, we were talking about red flags. Red flags. You was asking me about red flags. So some of the other things I just want to say, you know, I, we, you just said it's not all about agents, but I've had it where agents have done a bait and switch. Like, literally... They're one of their top girls. Oh, yeah, she's available. She's available. She's available. And on the day, half an hour before, oh, she's not available. But I've got this other girl in the car that I can bring to you straight now. And it's literally a bait and switch. I actually want to guess which agent it is. But unfortunately, uh, so know. many of them do that. that I would have a hard time choosing uh, between them. Um, so also some of the red flags. Okay, so we're still talking. You know, if I've got to chase you down... If I've got to find out, like, if I have to keep asking for the information continuously, like, that's a bad sign. You know, we, I've done different castings, and I know we still haven't touched on the mainstream casting, but with the mainstream casting, um, part of it, there's a lot more dialogue. So, you know, you're given a script, and then you're you're asked as part of, you know, this is, this is part of what's going to happen before the day of the shoot, you're gonna sit down with the director on a Zoom call and go through the scripts. And um, you know they're gonna give you some feedback and they're gonna let you know the direction they want the character. But if you can't turn up for that Zoom meeting and you're flaking around and your agent's like, oh yeah, she's now not available. That's a definite red flag. It's unprofessional people, you know, that if you want the job, you got to do everything that you can that's required of you to do that job right well circling back the point of all this discussion is casting is not what you set out to do as an occupation but you saw an opportunity and now it is something that you're getting paid to do so let's jump into that now you are now casting your second mainstream project how did mainstream castings come about you were, you used to cast your own films in adult but then you made a leap into mainstream casting. I mean, uh, the first movie was Cassex. How did you get that gig? So Cassex um, was something that was, I was brought on board because of my relationship with Charles Band, who's the owner of Full Moon. Yeah, Full, well, Full Moon's been around for years. I've been a huge fan of them myself. But the, I mean, it's a, they did a lot of direct to streaming, direct to video, type small films I mean they are independent uh, some could call them B movies those type of things from you know the puppet master horror series and different types of genres but yeah Charles Mann has been around a while and you've actually been in a couple of his movies that's, so that's what you're you're saying that's how he he knew who you were yeah because you know I went to some of the conventions I met Charles Band um, he put me in a couple of his movies I was in Evil Bong 420 I was even Evil Bong 777 so we got to know each other and, and Charlie Charles I call him Charlie is, is a great guy and he has an eye for things you know if he sees someone and he sees someone that's professional that he, he sees things happening for then you know he's the kind of guy that's like he'll keep you he'll keep you mentally on file and when an opportunity comes up he's gonna present it to you so he actually um because he knew me um and 
because I am also co-owner of Star Factory PR and we've also helped um, suggest girls to him before. So some of our clients in Star Factory PR from me being in the movies and from my relationship with Charlie is also, we've also had some of our other clients that have been in the movie. And when it comes to the movie Cassex, um, he wanted me to come on board. He approached me and he said, look, he said, I've got a director that is making a movie and some of the scenes in it, there's going to be some kind of more X-rated kind of scenes to it. Now, you know, a lot of their movies, it's it's been mainstream talent, but they what they needed was some people that were good with dialogue and acting, but were also okay with taking, um, taking you know, the clothes taking off. The and- clothes off. So that's where I was presented with, can I help them cast a movie? Can I help them cast the movie Cassex? So that's when he brought me on board for casting. The director, Lindsay Smiths, and the producer, Nakai Nelson, that was the team that I was brought on to help. How different is it to cast mainstream versus adult? You're essentially casting the same talent, but you're looking for something different now. The, the difference with the mainstream is they really need to have some kind of acting experience. They need to have, um, you know, someone brand new that's never lifted a script, that's never, you know, memorized lines. It's going to be really difficult for them to suddenly be like, hey, yeah, I'll take my clothes off and I'm going to know all these lines. So you were also looking for somebody with other skills, the acting, um, the dialogue, and it wasn't just females, it was males as well. Um, so it took a little bit of a different slant because actually um, I posted on some of the mainstream casting websites as well. So for this, because it was different, um, you're not just, hey, let's just look at you, you know, let's look at you on the agent website. Let's go and double check on Twitter what you really look like because, you know, Photoshop can work a lot of wonders. You go and look at filters someone. Filters and apps. Yeah. You, you mean you can still get the filters and apps on Twitter, but you 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 can see, you know, more natural surroundings kind of thing. So you get to see an extra look at them. Um, so instead of just looking at them there, now what you're asking for is people are interested because it's it's a role that requires a lot of dialogue, you're also going to have to read sides. So it was getting people to submit their information, you know, what actually have you done, to go down to shortlist them, and then the people that were shortlisted to then decide, well, okay, well, which role are we shortlisting them for? And then giving them the sides, sides being a part of the script, and asking them to do self-tapes, which is, you know, set up your phone, just record it and you can basically read the lines so that was really that there was a lot more work involved in someone on mainstream well you kind of answered my my next question was what was going to be what are the challenges of casting adult performers for a mainstream project but you pretty much went over it i mean there i mean the challenges really what i've experienced is it's just people who they want to get paid, but they don't want to do the work. So, you know, you've got to put your side, t- you've, you've got to submit yourself real, yourself tape. If you don't want to do that, how are you going to expect to get the job? You know, I've, I'm like, okay, I need it. And this is the deadline. 
well, can't you just tell them that they know me? I'm like, <laughs> they they want to see you read their role, this role, they want to see you read that, you know, and they expect to get the job. And I'm like, you, you can't be bothered to even give me a, an ex- a sample of you reading for the, the role. I don't know how you expect to get the part. And there is a, there is more involved, you know. I think for me, being on both sides, casting mainstream and adult, I think really people in adult seem less. Some people in adult seem less hungry for it, you know. I feel like it. I mean, it happened to me when I was shooting just for Philly films, you know. Oh, they got booked. They know the rate. They know what's happening, and suddenly it's like they're probably going to get a better job coming and they're going to go and take the other job and just blow you off. And it happens. It's like, you know, they think that some people don't look at like, hey, you know, this is a mainstream project. This is going to get me seen on different places. It's mainstream websites. It's got a different, potentially different fan base. I'm going to get new fans. They just see it as, well, how much dollars am I getting there? And how much dollars am I getting if I go and do this instead? And they go, oh, I'll take the one that pays the most. Right. And this is, that's kind of the theme of this episode is offshoot opportunities and working in a mainstream production is an offshoot opportunity. It's not rolling around in your bed with an iPhone shooting for your OnlyFans. It's putting you in another environment and potentially opening you up to a new audience, which in them can in turn start, you know, uh, going paying for your premium social media if they realize now who they are and they start looking you up and seeing that it's available. What is something someone needs to do to impress you when they are looking to get cast? If you want to get cast, I like people that do what they say they're going to do and do a good job with it. So it's a case of being professional, being a good communicator, getting back to me if I've got questions, turning up on time, putting self-tapes in on time if it's needed. If your agent's asking you questions, make sure that they're responding back and just also something else that people might not think about is that I will literally look on someone's Twitter timeline, like, and, you know, I don't go scrolling through it, but I'll kind of look and see what type of person that they are. And, you know, sometimes we want to be on a set where there's no drama. And if there's drama and like negativity all over your Twitter and you're arguing with people wherever, Sometimes that just gives, it just gives me something to say, well, I don't know if both, if they've got two girls and they both like it's hand in hand and I'm like thinking, well, it could be this one, it could be that one. And then I go and look at one of the timeline and it's just like, there's just, they're not, they're just spewing all kinds of hate all over their Twitter. I'm always going to go with the other one that's going to be more professional. It's going to be a more positive experience. I don't think people realize that enough that, they're literally literally shooting themselves in the foot by being so negative on social media. I mean, you don't have to be all rainbows and puppy dogs, but at the same time, if that's predominantly all you're doing is just hate, 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 negative, 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 I don't want to be around you. I don't got time for that, nor do I have time to argue with you or try to figure out your justifications or reasonings. I'm just like moving on because I got things I need to do. I need to produce or I need to do this or you need to direct. No one has time for drama. It's the bottom line with that. No, no, no drama. And, you know, I've got to say some people are known for flaking. And 
there's no list, you're not on a list anywhere, but, you know, if I want to put someone in to, to the movie and, and I hear, oh, like, they usually turn up three hours late or they can flake or they sometimes just take other jobs, <coughs> private jobs. <coughs> if I think that that, that person and I, I get a whiff of that and I think this person suddenly is in a position where I might be getting cast in them as well, I'm probably going to choose someone else because I don't want a chance on the day it all goes wrong and the person flakes because that looks bad on me as the yeah, casting sure director. Is, yeah. I've recommended them. I'm seeing, no, this is a great person. And on the day, they, they, you know, they get a better paid job. Someone else wants to see them. Or easier paid job. E- easier, yeah. Easier where they could just lie on their back and get paid the cash. You, you know, there are situations like that. I, I'm not putting my neck on the line for those kind of people. And nor do I blame you. I mean, I don't want to deal with that type of stuff either. I just want to get my work done and have the people help me facilitate whatever I need to do. So I guess the moral of the story is keep your eyes open, be versatile, and be open to add other credits to your resume. Has there been anything else that you found yourself doing that stemmed from being an adult model? You talked about you became a producer, you became a director, you became a casting director. Well, and you became a publicist. I mean, you, you could just look back at some of the things that I've done when I only thought, only thought that I would be in, in a movie in London. Right. You know, going from being in a movie in London to moving across to the US, being, you know, a, a quite a big name performer, winning awards, just... It, progress and being given opportunities to direct for Philly films. I also directed for Penthouse, some of their online scenes as well. Um, being in the Penthouse magazines, being in movies. All FHM the, magazine. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, that kind of, because that's a modeling gig. I mean, you would have thought you would have done that anyway, regardless, right? Which one? Be on the cover of FHM magazine? Yeah. No. I no, you you ask anyone that comes into adult, it's like, you okay, you might be in a movie, but do you think you're going to be on the cover of FHM magazine? No, no, you don't. You don't think that that's a given opportunity. That's something that you aspire to. That'd be something that you might think at some point. Oh well, now I'm in these movies. Oh, and you set your sights on other things, but you don't you don't realize that the opportunities are there until like you manifest them and they, they suddenly appear. But you got to keep your eyes open for them. Like you didn't think you would be, like for example, sitting on a panel at Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, or being flown out to, was the GTX convention? Yeah. Was that, that Nashville? Or? Nashville, Tennessee. Right. They flew you out there to do a signing, to be on a panel. Which was, which was it's not an adult convention. It's right. a comic. It's a, it was like a geek yeah. convention, wasn't it? Yeah, pop culture convention and you did a pop culture convention in los angeles uh, popcon i think it was called yeah i know i i i remember being a a judge on one of the cosplay contests were you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just remembered it oh my goodness so many things and then the opportunity of being on vivid radio a host on sirius xm and that went on for seven years and none of those things you planned you set out to do no so there's all things that were 
opened up availabilities that opened up and you were able to take advantage of knowing that that's not exactly what your career goal was, but you were able to take advantage of it and move forward into those different areas, which I think a lot of people should be doing. A lot of people are just focused on their social media, how to get their premium social media stats up and generate revenue, which is fine because everyone needs to make money. However, opening yourself up to these different fan bases is and jobs is also lucrative because you can, at one day, you're going to stop making OnlyFans videos. That's the reality of the situation. At one point, you're going to stop going on adult sets or whatever, stop filming adult movies. But the um, trades you've learned, such as casting, such as uh, you know speaking on panels, such as being a radio host, such as being a podcaster, those are things you can continue to do for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So... I think this, you being a casting director and us talking about it, I mean, we most predominantly talked about being a casting director, but I think talking about the other opportunities by keeping your eyes open and being looking for those different things to help you in the future are very important as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Is It's like keeping your eyes open, seeing the opportunities that are coming along. You know, one of our clients at Star Factory PR, they've just got the front cover of a FHM magazine. And it's, it is, it's like being open for those opportunities. And when they come, it it's also difficult as well, because as, you know, as somebody that's also receiving the opportunities, you've got to kind of scroll through them as well. It's like, is this a good opportunity? Is this something that's going to be worthwhile? Is this something that's going to pay out? Is this is something that if I put my time and effort into it, am I eventually going to get a payout either in, financial payout or a bigger fan base payout or some other kind of benefit so it's also as well about pay, weighing up the opportunities that come along um and for, for me um i try and look at opportunities i'm not always the first to try out if it's a if it's a brand new company and they're offering me x y and z and I have to say, I have done that in the past and I've had my fingers burnt with some of the opportunities. Well, yeah, you got to weigh the pros and cons of it all. Your time, especially being the most important thing you have to be aware of, how much time you're going to put into something and how what the payout eventually is going to be. But yeah, a lot of new companies are fly by night, especially with, adult, you know, circling adult entertainment and adult entertainment stars or erotic content creators. You'll see a lot of nfts and this thing and that thing and unless you can get i would always i tell anybody get paid up front when it comes to those type of things Mm -hmm. because like you said a lot of those things are flash in the pan and they burn out quickly yeah it is it's it's like make sure that you are going to get paid you know if people come to me and i get a lot of emails from my clients at star factory pr they'll forward them to me because part of our job as a publicist is to make sure the opportunities that you get is to look at them and you know give give our opinion is does that look like a good opportunity or an opportunity that you might possibly not want to be involved in so i'll i i do that with the interviews as well you know if someone man in a camera hey i've not got a channel but i want really want to interview you you know something like that it's like well let's look at what's already established and if there's nothing established and there's no one else that can say, hey, yeah, I worked with them. Hey, yeah, it was good experience. Hey, yeah, I'd recommend them. And yeah, I got paid up front or got paid as and when 
it was agreed if I don't have someone else that's saying that to me then I might be like saying mm, okay well I might have to pass on this opportunity however I'm always keeping my eyes open for opportunities and I'm always ready to look at them and decide am I going to take this one right should be part of the gig do what you're doing make your money work your social media your premium social media sites but always keep your eyes open for something that you might not have considered to come your way because there are benefits out there and you might as well take them right I think that wraps it up for this portion of MILF's making money uh, we're gonna jump back over to your hosts and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at, at Monster PR. Thank you so much for interviewing me, and that was a great, different kind of section. Thank you all for joining me on Tiny Tape Presents MILF's Making Money podcast. Are you a winner today? Will you do the best that you've ever done? Pick yourself back up after any defeat. Be determined to do your best. Persevere and you will go on to win. Expect to win today. Maybe you have a suggestion for a future topic for a show or a question that me or one of my guests might be able to answer and give you advice on. Did I raise any questions in today's episode that got you thinking out loud or wanting to know more? You can always leave feedback or ask me questions relevant to the Mills Make Money podcast using the hashtag AskTanyaTate. You can ask me by commenting on my latest posts on Twitter at TanyaTate, Instagram at TanyaTateXO, YouTube at TanyaTateTube. You can also leave me a voice note on my SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash TanyaTate, and you might get featured on a future episode. I love that you leave SpeakPipe voicemails for me. Let's listen to some of my favorite SpeakPipe voicemails. Hello, Tanya. How are you doing? I like you. I'm your fan. I wish to meet you. Can I have your WhatsApp number? You're my best. I think that was from Shafiq. He said he's a big fan. And he wants my WhatsApp number and he wants to meet me. Well, I'm going to tell you a tip. If you want to leave a voice message, probably best to make sure you don't have a load of all that chattering going on in the background so we can all easily hear you. I mean, I don't know whether that was other people yapping away or whether he had the television blaring, but I'll tell you now, it was loud. And I don't even know what they were saying in the background, so hopefully it wasn't anything rude or unnecessary i have got no idea they weren't speaking in english in the background but let me tell you this i so appreciate you being a big fan where would we be without you having you there means that i can do stuff like this podcast means that i can talk to you and meet you virtually but i don't chat to you on whatsapp any places that I chat to you is on my Sex Panther or OnlyFans. And of course, you do know where to find them. You can Google it. You'll find me. Check out my Twitter, twitter.com slash Tanya Tate. All the links are there. 
because that's the only place that I'm going to be talking to you. And you can virtually meet me there. Let's do it. Let's make that happen. Who else do we have? I love you. Oh, Joseph. Very clear, very short, very sweet and direct to the point. Thank you for the support, guys. Keep it coming. Keep that love coming. Keep that support. Keep those questions. I really do love hearing what you think about the show. And of course, if you do want to get to call me via phone, video chat, you know where you can find me on my premium social media platforms. Sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate or OnlyFans.com slash Tanya Tate. And we can get to chat one-on-one over there. You can follow me on Twitter at Tanya Tate, Instagram at Tanya Tate XL, my YouTube channel at Tanya Tate Tube, and you can see all of my official links, including my premium social media on my link tree. Just go to Google search link tree and my name, Tanya Tate, all one word, and I will come up. And if you are listening to this podcast on Apple, Amazon, Audible, and are inspired by any of the words that you hear, please be sure to leave me a written review and give me five stars. And you can also give a five-star rating on Spotify. And I'll be checking and giving shout-outs in upcoming episodes. So let me tell you, if I do shout you out, if I read out your review, or I play your voice message, I would love to send you a signed photograph as a thank you for your appreciation. So if you do hear me read your review on a future episode, make sure that you send me your name, address, and prove that it was from your account, and I will get that signed photo sent out to you. This is Tanya Tate. Do the best you've ever done. Believe that you are the champion. Win in your mind. Simply expect to win today. Now go out there and build your bank.